Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. We like to talk about what is in the news, and this week, baseball cards are in the news. According to the Wall Street Journal, the market for baseball cards is on fire. The strong demand for all types of sports memorabilia was noted, and the demand for cards and other memorabilia is causing higher prices, significantly higher prices. And this means higher profits for some investors. Baseball cards are especially in high demand. Recently, a mint condition, 1952 Mickey Mantle card sold for $12.6 million for one card. That was a record price for a single piece of sports memorabilia. The lucky investor who sold the card bought it in 1991 for $50,000. The return on the investment was 20% per year. Had the investor instead purchased a Standard & Poor's index fund in 1991, he would have made about half that profit, half of what the mantle card netted him. The card generating the next highest profit was sold in August of 2021 when a Hannes Wagner card sold for $6.6 million. In other sports memorabilia, the jersey worn by Argentine soccer star Diego Maradona when he scored what was called the Hand of God goal in the 1986 World Cup. It sold for $9.3 million in May of this year. Clearly, there's money to be made buying and selling memorabilia. Question is, can you make money in this way? Let's begin by focusing on the assets that are commanding significant amounts of money. They are high-end, in other words, expensive assets, especially baseball cards. Rich investors are using these assets to diversify their investments. Many compare them to purchases of expensive artwork. Sports memorabilia is often sold through auction houses, just like artwork is. The market for sports memorabilia has been active in recent years, but it especially took off with the advent of COVID-19. There are several reasons for this. One, the investors had more time. They couldn't go out. So many rediscovered old hobbies like collecting sports cards. They could do the necessary research using the internet. With appraisers vouching for the condition of the assets, investors did not have to personally view their items of interest. Another reason for memorabilia interest is inflation. Typically, collectibles command high prices during periods of high inflation. Unique items, like the Maradona jersey, and those that are in limited supply, like the mantle card, do especially well. Can the average investor participate in the memorabilia market? 
Yes, but not in the same way as a large investor. Keep in mind, the Mickey Mantle card was purchased for $50,000 in 1991. That was a lot of money back then. That's a lot of money now. Smaller investors, if interested in this market, can profit, although the profit is typically limited and it involves some work and risk. Most sports investors get into it as a hobby for fun. Profits are a bonus. I suggest to anyone interested in beginning to invest in the memorabilia market, make sure you do good research, just as you would when investing in stock. In some ways, investing in memorabilia is like stock investing. The goal of both is to identify assets that are undervalued and to buy at low prices. Buying and holding for the long term also works for both. One of the differences is there's a great deal of readily available information on publicly traded stock, but the card market is considered to be opaque. The information is not clear and help is typically needed. For example, the asset should be graded or rated by a professional. One of the most well-known graders is Professional Sports Authenticators, or PSA. This organization looks at the condition of the asset. The condition is also known as the grade. It is extremely important for memorabilia. Other factors include the number of items in circulation and how famous the athlete is, and most importantly, the item must be certified as authentic, especially for autographs. Many people had baseball and other cards when they were young, but they often complain. Their mom threw them out, and then they complain with it, she threw out thousands of dollars. At least that's what they say. They ignore condition. I had cards as a kid, and I still have many of them. I have some cards of famous players, such as Mickey Mantle, not the same one that was sold for more than $12 million. And it certainly is not in the condition that one is. I have Hank Aaron and Willie Mays cards also, but I carried them in my pockets, stuck them in drawers and put rubber bands around them. They are not in mint condition. They are in a well-worn and used condition. Unfortunately, their value is low. I did check into it. I am sure many people did what I did. The point is that the name on the card is important, but the condition is equally important. We shouldn't overvalue in our minds the assets we have. Buying individual cards is easy. They are available online through eBay and other sellers. The trouble is that eBay and similar sellers represent a retail market, and it is usually expensive due to the seller's advertising shipping costs and commissions. To make a profit on individual cards, you have to identify a card that will rise in value. And this can be difficult. To begin an investment in cards, an easy and relatively inexpensive way is to buy a complete set directly from the manufacturer. Many will sell individual sets that have every card in it for that particular year. The advantage is the set contains hundreds of cards, some of which may be the first one issued for a player who becomes a star. In effect, you are buying cards before they are recognized as valuable. Complete set cards are usually in great condition, and that's an important factor, as we said. Consider this scenario. Michael Jordan 
is arguably the greatest basketball player ever. Certainly, he is one of the greatest. His 1986 card issued by Fleer was sold for as much as $35,000 in January of 2020. In 2021, it sold for as much as $725,000. And in June of this year, an autographed Jordan card sold for more than $1 million at the auction house Christie's. There are other Jordan cards on the market today that are being offered for between $2,000 and $200,000. So what accounts for the difference in price? The grading. Each card is graded and valued based on its condition. So just because you have a Michael Jordan card doesn't mean its value is near the numbers we just mentioned. Condition matters. Another question, why did the Mantle card sell for so much more than the Jordan card? The answer is supply. There are more 1986 Jordan cards available today than the Mantle card from the 1950s. Fewer cards were issued in the 50s, and many were lost, damaged, or destroyed. There are only a few still around. Suppose in 1986, someone bought a complete set of Fleer basketball cards. They would have paid about $20 for the set, and that set would have included the Jordan card, unautographed, but nevertheless valuable today. It would also have included Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Julius Irving, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and other Hall of Famer cards. The set is valuable, and the individual cards, many of them, are valuable. And the risk or the cost was $20. The return, potentially priceless. Of course, the purchaser would have to hold the cards for quite some time, keep them in a safe place where they would not be damaged. Unopened boxes have the greatest value. If you are interested in doing this today, probably the best place to buy cards from is Panini America Online Store. That Panini is spelled P-A-N-I-N-I. They are known for their good pricing. Buying in this way, complete sets, is similar to buying stock through an ETF or a mutual fund. You have an interest in many cards. If one player doesn't reach the high status that may have been expected, another might, or several others might. The downside of this, when you buy the complete set and don't open the box, is you cannot view the cards. And that detracts from the hobby aspect. Let's emphasize, you should deal with a reputable seller when purchasing sets that you do not intend to open. Otherwise, you may be very surprised the day it finally is open. There is money to be made in collectibles. The easiest and possibly safest way is to buy when items are new and first offered for sale. This can help you avoid fluctuations in price and the need for grading, which involves fees. If you buy non-card memorabilia, such as figurines and statues, be sure to keep the packaging as having it adds to value. With prices currently being so expensive, this could be a good time to get out your old cards, assuming you have some, and look for those in the best condition. If your parents or grandparents who collected cards when they were young, they still have them, you might want to help them 
and get the cards rated by PSA, Heritage Auctions, or some other reputable firm. If they have value, they should be properly stored and protected from humidity. So the bottom line on buying sports cards and other memorabilia is that some people make a lot of money buying and selling, but it typically involves a large investment. On occasion, someone finds a valuable card in an attic or a basement. The card was purchased and forgotten. This is rare, but the, the rare situations and the situations where the cards sell for a lot of money, they get all the publicity and they often make people think that what they own, what they currently have is very valuable. But the truth is the average person will not make a lot of money buying cards. For most people, it is a hobby. Do it because you enjoy it, but don't give up your day job. Until the next time, stay calm, thoughtful, and purposeful. You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net.